Buffalo had the best defense in the league. It didn't show last night. I mean, if it had been the Steelers, the Steelers would have rushed about eight guys. They wouldn't have gave him a chance to throw the ball. But anyhow, where he goes. Talking more, yeah. Talking. Talking. You guys are talking. We are talking. Oh, really? A lot of talkers. I would agree with that. This podcast (laughs) is called Erase the Filter. Erase the Filter. Erase the Filter. I know everybody else is going to go with Kansas City, but I'm picking the Rams. Attaboy. What are you eating there? Nuts. Nuts? Yeah. 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 I wasn't going to record a show this month. In fact, I'm still not sure that this will be for January. Um, I've been busy. Uh, I've been too busy working on podcasts to work on this podcast. This is a vanity podcast. You make them for yourself. It's an audio journal, something to use as an archive, a document. doesn't pay any bills, doesn't build a brand. It just is. As I mentioned in the last episode of this podcast, creativity is taking up a lot of my brain space lately. My own creative impulses and motivation have been increasing. Dedicating 2022 to creativity, the year of creativity is as much about reacting to what I feel is happening as it is about some kind of New Year's resolution to spend more time being creative. It's happening whether I wanted to or not. It's happening in the work I'm doing with my new media company. So good media. It's happening in the writing I'm doing and in the music that I'm chomping at the bit to make. At the end of 2021, I read Flunk Start, Reclaiming My Decade Lost in Scientology by Sands Hall. I didn't read it for any deep or philosophical reason, but rather I had the privilege of working with Sands on a handful of creative projects over the years, and the book had traveled with me through a few moves since I purchased it back in 2018, and it was waiting patiently for me to finally dig in. What struck me almost as much as Sand's incredible, compelling journey into and out of Scientology back in the 1980s was her creative journey as an actor, musician, writer, director, this life full of art, as well as the story of her brother, an emerging playwright in the 1970s who suffered a traumatic brain injury, essentially ending his meteoric rise, but not his impact on Sands and the others he had worked with. Sands shared the name of a documentary about Oakley Hall III. The Loss of Nameless Things. I found it online and I watched it shortly after finishing the book. I'll post a link in the show notes. Both the book and the film were very well timed to come onto my radar as this wave of creative energy swept through me during the last couple months of 2021. Sands retired a couple of years ago from her role as a professor at Franklin and Marshall College with a campus that sits only a few blocks from my house. She lives in Nevada City, California, where she's currently directing a play and hosting virtual writing workshops. I wanted to read this book three years ago. Life was crazy. This is what I'm going to do instead of screen time. (laughs) So I cracked it open. Yeah, I cracked it open and I started reading it, and I I'm and I loved it. I just I just among other things, I needed to chat with Sands about regarding her memoir. I wanted to get her perspective on creativity, my ongoing quest to collect ideas around living a creative life. From artists who I admire. So I'm thinking about what would I ask Sands if I ha- if I had an opportunity about creativity. I can um, relate to the diversity of your creative output. 
in a very big way because I've I've struggled to um, stay focused on any particular discipline. And I've you know I met you as a director I think, and then maybe as a writer through twenty four hour plays, and then of course your music and your books. And I know that theater has been just a big part of your life. And then of course reading your story corroborated all of that. And as a creative person myself, I find it very difficult, um, not di- difficult is not the right word, uh, frustrating, I guess, sometimes, because I want to do more than just one thing. Yes. A- and so there's this t- constant tension I've had for the last, f- how old am I, 50? 50, 50 years, probably, maybe 45, um, that... The frustration of, but I want to do, I want to make a movie or I want to write a book or I want to do this. And how do you navigate between these various forms to create? And what, and what is it that pushes you in one direction to take on one form or another? What you describe there, Jason, has been, um, a, yeah, it's frustrating is a good word and... Um, sometimes even debilitating because it's sort of like there's this great desire to be moving in numerous directions at once, but you realize you can't be really effective if you're splitting your focus. So um, recently I had this, just this last week, I've been working on this essay about this fascinating topic, which my Playfair use addresses, which is about plagiarism, which I won't go into, but I had pitched it to a really fine California magazine. So I was working on that essay while also in the evenings directing a play. And on the one hand, I felt like I was being used as I want to be used. But it was when I sent off that particular essay on Wednesday evening and then directed the next two evenings. And I have to say Friday, I just like played solitaire and took a walk. And, you know, I just was like, but that's rare. I have come to have a understanding that if I don't fret, the thing will return. Like every time I finish a song, Jason, I think, oh, I'll never write another song. That's it. Especially if it's one I really, really, really love and I'm really, really, really proud of. And uh, I think, oh, my God, I just poured it all out to that one. And then sometimes years go by. And then this little... And sometimes a month goes by and this little thing comes through and it's like, oh, well, maybe there's another song there, you know. So that's one thing. And like I was working on a new CD, whatever we're going to call album, these things, you know, is there such a thing as a collection of songs uh, when COVID hit? And um, I had a really cool jazz bass player you know he's good at improv and stuff and a really fine percussionist and that was sort of my desire was to really put percussion behind my music um and we had laid down some good tracks but everything got very confused about the tracks and how they were labeled and because covid and i just had to let it go it's like okay right and um that was uh, you know the fallow time that's the nice word for it it was just i wasn't ever going anywhere and doing anything but then i realized well that's okay and then you know lovely coincidence met somebody who's a producer and we're working on that those tracks again so that's exciting it's like okay i can't right now because i'm directing this play and so that's fine it's sort of like okay come april may i'm going to turn my attention back to my music 
But right now, it's about directing this play. And I put the novel I'm working on aside, although, you know, yesterday I had some ideas about it. And that's the thing about creativity that I find most fascinating, is that the different things can totally nudge and bump and engage with each other in a way I find to be exhilarating when I don't fret about it. If I fret about it, then I get all tied up. But if I just say, okay, you're not doing that right now, you're not doing that right now, you're doing this one right now. Let's really devote ourselves to this one. Um, then it's like these little ideas can float by. And Do you have any practices or rituals to generate ideas? Like to put yourself in a place where they appear? I should. I have learned this about my music. If I actually sit down and noodle around, play with, I'm a big lover of tunings, different tunings. If I just sit down and start to play, then something usually will begin to emerge. And I have lots of, I'm just so grateful for voice memo because you can just record that thing and go back months, years later and go, oh, that was a cool little riff right there. And let's see if we can make that into a song. So that's certainly something. And I would just say other than that is I do try to sit for 15 minutes most mornings and, you know, and let what begins to emerge, emerge there. I run something called um, Wild Writing Wednesdays which started as a local group, but because of COVID, people now zoom in from other places. It's a pretty small group, but it's a pretty consistent group where I just offer prompts and we write. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, just just flow. Just let it go. Just flow. People can read if they want to. They don't read. And you don't say anything about it other than great. Some days you get the bear, and some days the bear gets you. That's one thing my mother always says. Well... At least recently. Some days bear gets you, and some days you get the bear. What's that, mom? Some days you some get. Some days the bear gets you, and <laughs> some days you get the bear. <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh uh-huh. Some days you get the bear, and some days the, the bear, bear gets, gets you. you. It's true, though. Some <laughs> days are better than others. Sometimes they go exactly as planned, and sometimes no matter what you do, they just spin out. You know what? You can't let the bad ones get to you because there's nothing you can do about it anyway. Alexa, volume up. When I go to the grocery store, I listen to Ambient One, Music for Airports by Brian Eno. Unless it's between the middle of August when the summer bugs get loud and the middle of November, when the leaves crunch under your feet. During those three months, it's The Pearl by Brian Eno and Harold Budd, produced by Daniel Lanois, by the way. That's another story for another time, but Eno is who I go with when I shop. I don't really know why, but I can guess that Eno's approach to ambient music, minimalist, sparse, repetitive, calming, and relaxing, somehow balances out the stress of grocery shopping, an activity I've never enjoyed but recently felt okay about. A few years ago, I discovered Aldi. And I went to the, I went to Aldi's. They didn't have Without any. Without me, you went to Aldi's. Well, every once in a while, my, I have to. I got people to feed. I know. I know. I got I got mouths. I'm like a bird with the little the birds chirping in the nest. I know. They look up like this. And the mama bird has to come drop the worm in. I know. 
me going to Aldi is like a mama bird dropping a worm in. I got miles to feed over here. I realized that the anxiety I had about grocery shopping was really about too much choice. You walk down the aisle of a grocery store looking for a product, like toothpaste. Suddenly I have to decide, not even between brands, but within brands. So many options of Crest toothpaste. So many variations. Don't I just want the best one? Don't I want the one that will clean my teeth the best? If there's an original formula and a new and improved formula, then a maximum strength formula, don't we all just want maximum strength? I mean, don't we all just want the best? Who wants minimum strength toothpaste? Anyway, Aldi is small. Not much selection. They have what they have, and I found what I like there. Sometimes they're out of something. That's too bad. Uh, And it's cheap. Way cheaper than the other stores around here. I'm in and out in like 20 minutes. You mix that with music for airports, and I'm usually home before the end of the album. Sometimes you just need to figure out how to turn something you don't like into something you do like. And usually some good music can help make that happen. Creativity is emerging. Podcasts, media production, writing. The desire is there. Motivation leads to momentum. I had a friend who had a financial manager. This is hilarious, Jason. This is like you know, 20 years ago now or something, 18 years ago. And he and I shared, so this is a money manager, shared that he wasn't getting certain work done. I think email was relatively, you know, this early aughts, you know, when all of the technology was really coming into a sort of different energy level. And he wasn't doing his work and I wasn't writing. So I said to him, let's just uh, text each other, you know, when we both sit down to work and say starting. And then text each other when we finish, say ending or done. And he peeled off of that after like a couple of weeks. But I kept it up. I just wrote him and I didn't even then say done. I would just say starting because it was like a kind of acknowledgement, a kind of accountability. And every now and then when I get frustrated with my my own practice of writing particularly, I'll just set that up with a friend. I'll say, I'm just going to text you and say starting. I had an idea to pick up a musical project that I set aside in late summer 2020. I had started a new Here Inside record with Anne. We focused on the music for six songs. We put the final draft of lyrics and vocal arrangements on hold, although one song, Ordinary Days, was completed and released as a single to set up the album that never happened. I worked with producer John Chin on the other five songs through the first several months of COVID. We paused in September 2020 after we felt the instrumentation was complete. I'm bringing this project back into the light. What if the focus stayed on one song for an entire month? Live with it. Play with it. Stretch it. February is for this one. which shall remain nameless until the correct name emerges. Momentum requires practice, building a music practice. I really love that word practice, you know, that it is something that you do. A doctor has a practice, but you have a yoga practice, you know, or you practice your guitar, but you also have a practice of writing. And it's like when you're in that, you know, you need to do the practice. You need to do the practice. That's when um, sometimes I need that little goose or that boost. Because once I'm back, then I'm in the flow of it and I'm excited about what I'm working on, then I don't need that push. I'm excited to get back to my desk and work.
You can tune in next month for a report on this progress. Wildly successful or a total train wreck? Yeah, I was thinking about it the other day. Hmm. Letters. Letters. I got letters, lots and lots of letters. Like writing <laughs> letters to people. Oh, okay. We don't do that. Mm-mm. I don't do it either much. You remember we used to write a letter and put it in an envelope? Mm-hmm. And put a stamp on it, mail it off? Mm-hmm. But that was a long time ago, Jason. I know. That was really a long time ago. Not that long ago. I wrote letters when I was an adult. Maybe you're just one of the people that do that. No, no, no. I mean, it's been 25 years since I wrote a letter, but I'm saying it wasn't like 100 years ago. Oh, well, no. I'm just saying, like, I, I wrote letters to people. Like, my friend Dave used to live in California, and I would write letters to Dave, and he would write letters back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I just got... Actually, my, one of my friends... I got a letter from one of my friends, and I forgot to call, to call her back. I just remembered you that. You should write her a letter. I will. I'll write her a letter. This is Jason Mundock. Thanks for listening to Erase the Filter. Show notes can be found at erasethefilter.com. And if you have feedback about the show, feel free to email me at jmundock, J-M-U-N-D-O-K, at gmail.com. And always remember, open your mind, be yourself, erase the filter.